Scene? Want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who and OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. Hello, this is Jason Dupree. Thank you for listening. This is OCR Talk Season 5, I think, Episode 2. And the reason I've got an episode for you today is because I just got done doing the live stream and running Savage Race Ohio, which was part of the Savage Pro Series. It is the fourth race in the series. And it was a very exciting race, uh, as far as the, you know, the, the race itself goes. Um, we had Kimson run away with it on the men's side, but the race for third, second, third, and fourth was, was pretty awesome, uh, with, I think it was, uh, oh, shoot, and I forgot his name, apologies, I'm not looking at screens for this, this is just me. Driving and talking. Uh, Jordan McDougal. That's who it was. Jordan McDougal. And then uh, Joseph uh, Cotto. Cotto. And and then uh, Ian. I think it was Ian and then Logan. Ian Hosick and Logan Broadbent. Uh, but really, like the majority of the race, it was just a good race. I think even at the end, it might have been those last, those second through fourth, I they were most of not all of them. That's right. They, it was uh, there was a couple of them that there was at least three, two or three that were on the rig at the same time at the end. But which was funny, the rig wasn't the last uh, obstacle. The uh, it was the rig, and the, and then it was sling ring and um, twist and shout, which is a I, I think a funny obstacle to have as the last one, but uh, not in a bad way. I think it was cool that they had that uh, on the women's side. There was, in fourth was Alex Walker, but she led the majority of the race all the way up to the rig. Um, it was, I mean, she ran well, like really well. Like, Chris was behind her a good bit, like out of sight for a while. And then Chris caught up to her where she could see her. But it, um, you know, like I said, it was she was just looking really strong. And then she got to the rig and everybody was, had just come out the water. Uh, from Colossus, so the rig was tricky. They had some poles and a, a wooden uh, board. I, I think that's the part that kind of tripped them up. Like even Chris um, had took a few tries to do it, so it it definitely was tougher being all wet like that. I don't know if if they were able to get high. I remember seeing them, uh, you know, Al, uh, Alex shaking her hands and and like getting some grass and stuff, trying to get the water off. So I'm sure that was a big piece of it. Um, so she ended up getting fourth, uh, to, so it was Chris, Casey Monroe, which was awesome to see her in second, and then Jamie Horianopoulos, Horianopoulos, um, 
really amazing to see them come through. Like Jamie, not the fastest runner, but she came through and killed all the obstacles. So, you know, she got it. It's very cool. Uh, the live stream itself went pretty well. Um, I'm going to talk a good bit about what happened there and, and, and what we did and how, how it came out. But uh, before I get into that, just want to say that I ran the course after the live stream and went out and filmed all the obstacles. So if you hadn't seen it yet, I've been doing, for the races that I'm going to, I've been doing where I go and, and film the obstacles uh, with my GoPro as I, as I run the course and then turn that into one of those all obstacle videos. I know, for, I, I think for people that don't, that run a lot of races, those obstacle videos aren't quite as exciting because you've seen the obstacle probably 20 times already. But uh, I, it is surprising to see. Look at look at the numbers, not necessarily for ours, uh, but the ones just like in general. People that make all obstacle videos, they still get good views. It's very surprising. And I think it's just, you know, there's still a lot of open waivers out there. There's a lot of people that are still new to it that want to check it out and see what it's all about or learn about it or, you know, get more insight on how to how to do the obstacles and how to get better at those. So I, I hope that those videos help out and reach those people and help out because they are fun to make. Uh, it's nice to get through and, and get through all the obstacles and uh, and show show how they can be done. Um, and, you know, just getting to get on the course. I, I didn't really expect to race that much this year because of all the live streaming. So I'm glad that I get to do that. It was very cool. Exciting. Working with Savage has been fantastic. I mean, they, they are a great group of people. Um, very easy to work with, uh, Jessica and Rachel, that rabbit every, every race. They also do live streams for non-series races too, that we're not live streaming. They do it on Facebook. Um, very, very pleasant people and they do a great job at what they do. You know, they, they wear a ton of hats for, for Savage Race and, and do all kinds of different stuff behind the scenes. So very pleased to be able to work with them. And then we had three rabbits at this one, which this is the first time that we've had more than two rabbits outside of Jessica and Rachel at a Savage race. And it was great. Uh, they did an excellent job. We had Sean, Shane, Shan, Shan. He said his name is Shannon, so he goes by Shan. Uh, Shan, um... I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to say the last names right now because I'm going to either mess them up or forget which one's which. Shan, Corey, and James, and they all did fantastic. Um, just killed it out there. Like I gave them the, uh, the gimbals and set them up with the, the, the phones or with their phones with the app and, and they just went out and took care of business. Uh, they were running really well with the, the pros and cut course where they needed to and it was really awesome working with some good people. I'm actually going to go get dinner with uh, Shan after this and, and just talk uh, talk more OCR. So it's very cool. Um, let's see. I do have... So I'm, I'm actually driving from the venue. I'm going to go get showered up and go get some dinner. Um, so I might wait for my drive back tomorrow morning to talk about the technical side of things. Um, so I'll start with just saying... You know, for you guys, it'll cut like it was today. But I'll start with just saying that 
we switched to a new platform for the the stream itself. You know, we're still on YouTube and still using vMix for the production platform. But uh, this was my first time using actually a cloud computer. So I actually used, instead of a com my computer, instead of the production machine being my computer at home, I actually used a computer from a platform called Paperspace. And it's very, um, it's like it's like having a, a, a computer in, in AWS, which is Amazon Web Services, or uh, Azure, which is Microsoft's cloud-based cloud stuff. And, and I've looked into doing servers on AWS before, but um, it, it can be, it's definitely a little more complicated. And not saying that it's like impossible to do, but it definitely takes more time and more knowledge to be able to do it. And I think Paperspace made it very simple and easy whenever I've got, you know, a thousand other things I got to do, be able to uh, just spin up a computer, install what I need, and just get moving right away. It worked really well. So for your virtual machine in the cloud computer needs, go to paperspace.com. Yeah, they're right. They're not sponsoring us, but we are, I think, getting close to being ready to um, to get sponsorships rolling in in the OCR report. Like, we want this to be sustainable, and we want more companies invested in OCR. And that's one way that we're going to do it, is getting sponsors and uh, having them be a part of what we're doing. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we're very excited about making that happen. And I, I think we're, we're very close. I think it's going to happen. Um, so we'll see what we'll, we'll come down to the line. But... Uh, be on the lookout for that. And if you know any companies that you think are a good fit and they don't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be like VJ Shoes and Force 5 and, you know, all these companies that are in OCR. Um, I think that's one of the mistakes that, that we, that people tend to make is thinking that sponsors for OCR should only be OCR specific companies. And they don't have to be. They can be really anything. You know, every, um, Freaking Tide Pods. Every everybody washes their clothes, especially after a race. I've actually seen uh, stuff like like detergent powder at as a giveaway at, at certain races. I forget which ones, but it's definitely been a thing. So it's not out of the question, you know. But I'm gonna go get a shower, and then you'll hear me just right back, and I'll be ready. And on a long drive to the airport, so I'll be talking all about uh, the technical side of things coming up here in just a moment. So thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon. Good morning and welcome back. It is 3, 5, 5, I'm on my way to the airport, so you get uh, plenty of time to hear me chat about the technical side of yesterday. So I'd like to start with just saying... One of the things, I think I've said this already, but one of the things that we changed or, or that I tried differently is using a cloud machine. And I use a platform called Paperspace. And during the production, one thing I noticed is that vMix has little readings on if it's uh, the CPU um, and and the, the graphics. Um the memory. So basically, like, are you using up too many of the system resources? 
and it it was saying that the CPU was high, which I was surprised by because I thought that the machine that I am using was uh, a higher end machine, and I think GPU wise it is, but apparently the uh, the CPU is not quite as much as I I, re I thought it was. So my my machine at home, my other you know production machine I've been using. I've never had that issue, actually. I've never had the CPU get high like that. So that's something I need to look into. And it seems like there, there's not an option to get a higher in, like, a, a lot more CPU. So I need to email them and ask them about that. I said, I don't know if any audio, like, does that make the audio delay between... Miranda and Miles Moore. I'm not sure how how much it's affected. I'm not sure what's affected by the CPU running out. But the graphics wise, I think it was a yeah, I think it was good as far as um graphics memory usage. But it was Comical to me, it's a, a rookie mistake, but comical to me. So while, because um, the CPU was high, and I noticed that uh, my my uh, I'm using Parsec too, which is just a remote rem remoting into another machine platform <clears throat> to access that computer, and and so. While using that, I noticed it was giving me, uh, you know, your connection is not strong. And I was sending my video as the producer through, um, through the, not through the vMix platform. And so I was doing that as well. So I was connecting to that computer and connecting to the vMix call platform and so maybe that was causing it but I was like let me free up a little bit of bandwidth and only send the uh, the the commentators and myself um, a, a slightly lesser high quality version and so it was just a little toggle to switch between like 1080p at 7500 bit rate or 1080p at 2000 bit rate so I bumped it down to 2000 and it's one of those things where it's like I know I probably shouldn't touch this because it, it could mess something up but I've never seen it mess anything up I've actually changed it in the middle of a broadcast before and it's never been a problem but I did it anyway even though I knew I shouldn't have and so the, the second I did it all in, in vMix which is the the production platform Every screen, every camera, every shot, everything just went black. And I could still hear Miles and Miranda, but everything was, was black. And I could tell, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure just nothing was going through. And I actually decided, well, I mean, I couldn't see the cameras myself. So even if it was still going through, uh, I, had, I had nothing to use to switch from. To, you know, choose what to switch on. So, I had to 
restart Phoenix, which meant that the whole feed, the YouTube feed was still up, which is great. I have it set to where it doesn't automatically turn off. And so I was able to shut down VMix, restart it, reload the show, and get it resending the video, you know, resending the live stream to YouTube. So there was a downtime there, but thankfully I was able to do all that and, and the show still continued. <laughs> so I did have that hiccup. Um, totally on me for touching something I knew better than to do. But it took me, like, M Miranda and Miles came back in, but then I couldn't, even after closing the browser, I couldn't get back into VMix Call. So I had to switch to using my phone for VMix Call, which is fine because it, it alleviates a little bit of bandwidth from my, my router. Because I'm using a cell router to, um, you know, have my computer hooked to the internet, and that way I can just be wherever and where I where I set up. I don't have to rely on the race company or the venue to have Wi-Fi. I can set up anywhere and still be able to access the internet. So that happened, um, and now the other thing that was that we did differently. That was not necessarily by choice, but I am pretty pleased with the results. The platform that we typically use for um, the cameras, the phones, uh, and I say the cameras, really just the phones, is a a an app called Larix Broadcaster, and it has a lot of great settings in it. It's got the ability to have talk back so that the the camera people can hear the commentators and hear myself so you're able to communicate with them and it's got a lot of a lot of great settings um, you can get very detailed with your, with your settings and, and how you want it to to behave but it's always been free and this company uh, I believe it's owned by either soft Oh, shoot. Soft systems. I forget the soft systems, something like that. Or high vision. I know high vision's got different live streaming products and platforms out there. And so it's always been free, but it's like a. It's like a internally, not a internally, it's like a, like a independently developed app so the the people that work on it they've been doing it you know for passion and uh, needed to find a way to monetize it and so they made it uh pay a subscription to use most of the most of the features that i use it for and so i just found that out on i want to say thursday because i had a pretty busy week and so I had to, I had to scramble and find out an alternative. Now, if there were no, if there was no alternative, I was going to have to. So the reason why it was a problem, not because the subscription paying the subscription was a problem, because honestly they do great work. They got a great product. Uh, I definitely believe that their product is worth paying for, but 
the only way you can subscribe to it is by doing it through the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. And since our rabbits are all volunteers and bring in their own um, their own phones, that would be a big hassle because uh, we would have to get them to pay for it and and then reimburse them for it and then also make sure that they unsubscribe from it so they don't continue to get uh, charged for it when they're not using it. And so it would be a whole a whole deal there. It would be much easier if we had our own fleet of phones and we could pay for it or, you know, just pay for it under our, our accounts. And actually, if you sign into phones with the same account, then uh, you would be able to, you know, like, you'd have to pay for it once, which is 10 bucks a month, no big deal. Um, so that, that would work if we had our own fleet of phones. But since we're bringing in volunteers and... And their own phones, that would be a big hassle. And we're already kind of under the wire when it comes to when the how much time we have to spend with the rabbits to get their phones set up, get them ready, you know, tell them what what the plan is, and just all this other stuff. So it would it would be really tricky. So I didn't want to do that. So I actually put out a, a message in a Facebook group for SRT live streaming. So it's like lots of people like myself that just do different types of live streaming. And uh, so I put the, the word out there and said, hey, this happened. How does anybody know a way around this or a way to deal with it? Or are they planning on changing their, their licensing model? And got a lot of replies, a lot of suggestions. And I actually got... Soft Vellum, that's the, I think that's the name of the company that makes the app. They actually responded to and gave their reasoning for the subscription model uh, being tied to the end user. And understandably so, you know, they've got their reasons for doing it. And, and that's totally fine. So I appreciate them uh, being honest and, and um, responding to, to my message. That was, that was nice. But... One of the suggestions was an app called Rivet, like like a rivet that goes into a piece of steel. So R I V E T. And this app, I know I had looked at before, and I had done a trial to test it out long, probably a long time ago. And when I did, there's there's a there's a setting in it that. It made it look like normally whenever you set up an SRT feed, it, it you set up one you can set up one device as the caller and one as the listener. And what that means is that the listener doesn't care what what IP is is the the feeds coming from. It just listens and is awaiting a connection. Which is great because that that can be done on the on the in VLIX. But on the phones, they need to be set to caller so that they're specifying where the video feed is going. So it's going to the, the VMIX production machine. And 
in the platform, it made it look like you had to have the IP for the phones. And that was my mistake and just not knowing their platform well enough. So I didn't know, I, I, I never bothered to use it. But whenever I, um, somebody suggested it in, in that post that I've made. And so whenever I went back in there, there to look again, I saw this and I asked, um, I asked on that, on Revit's, I keep wanting to say Revit because that's a software that Autodesk, um, owns that I work with for my day job. But, um, so I asked in their support channel or, or their support chat and they, they came back and said, that's the, even though it says contributor, it's a contributor IP. It's really where that IP is going. So it's a little bit, I would, I think it's kind of mislabeled, but, uh, once they, they specified that it's like, oh, well, that's easy. So the cool thing about this app that I love with lyrics, you can change, set up all your settings and then export those out to a QR code or, or a URL, and then people can import them that way. And so that works pretty well. I find it doesn't have every setting, but still, nonetheless, it works pretty well. But this one, when you set up the, uh, when you set up the, the feed, like I'm going to have camera one and it's going to go to this IP at, at this bit rate. You, like you do all the settings on the web, like in their interface for your account. And then when you send the link to the, um, to the user, the end user, the, the camera person, they tap the link. They need to have the app downloaded, but they tap the link and it opens up the app and it inputs a code into um, this input box. And then that code contains all the information about what settings to use. So they don't have to do anything. They download the app. They tap the link in, in a text you send them or whatever, and it opens the app and goes straight into having the code in there. They hit... Um, enter whatever the button is and then they hit start broadcast or whatever now they can change the settings you can still adjust the settings afterwards but everything they need is already there so really cool and when they when they get in there one of the things that lyrics didn't have is a return video feed and this one does so lyrics has returned audio with the whole talkback thing but this one, it returns the video feed too. So on their camera screen, they can see, you know, what they're filming. But then there's also a little picture-in-picture picture with the the show feed, so they can actually see the live output of the show, and that helps them to know if they're if they're currently currently live. They're 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 obviously hearing from the um, the commentators what they're typically what's showing because they're always talking about it, but they can actually look at that little picture in picture and see what's showing. It's really awesome. I don't know how much that affects the upload quality of the video because the, the picture that they're receiving, that's all download speeds. 
but they're, you know, upload speeds are always less, a little less than uh, download speeds, a little or a lot less. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. So they don't really have to do much. Now, in my testing, I, I saw, uh, I didn't have on my Android, I didn't have control over uh, uh, the wide-angle lens, but everybody at this race, everybody, all the rabbits, they all had iPhones, and it did. So that was a pleasant surprise because uh, I was telling them all that it didn't. So when they pulled their phones up and we saw it, it's like, oh, that's fantastic. So they could do wide angle. They could zoom in whenever people see. So probably might even see that in some of the races. I, I love some of the shots where it's like Rachel from the Rachel Hunt from the some from Savage in in the uh, in the in the cart, and she's zoomed in watching like Alex go across you know, some, some field in the high grass and, and, and it's a nice close up shot. It's, it's uh, really cool. Yeah. And the quality, I think for the cell signal that was there, I think it was fantastic. Now, cell signal wise, I was able to test in the festival area mostly. And then over by like Colossus, that's all the testing I really got to do. But it was funny. Cause when I pulled up into the parking lot on Friday, I, I ran a speed test from the parking lot, and the upload was great. I mean, the download was great. Download speeds were great. But the upload was like maybe a meg, maybe two megs up. And I was just like, oh, come on. They sent me a speed test from the course, and it was showing great on T-Mobile and, and uh, AT&T. And I know Verizon's always going to be a little different. But it's rare that we see it where it's just drastically different. But we did see that in in Big Bear. AT&T and T-Mobile had next to nothing. But Verizon had great signal. So I was, so I was very worried that it was going to be one of those situations. Because I knew that both Rachel and Jessica from Savage, even though they have... Um, iPhones, they still... They have, they have Verizon. So that worried me when I first pulled up in the parking lot, and then I pulled my stuff into, you know, the my my gear into the festival area and ran another speed test, and things were good. I was like, oh, thank goodness. I think I was getting, you know, seven to eleven megabits or something good. Like it was, it was plenty good. Um, so I was pretty excited about that and knew that we had, you know, we we had a good show. Um, that we were going to have a good show. Now, what I did notice is that. While the cameras, um, typically, typically, like in Lyrics, there's settings that how does it control if the bandwidth is, if the bandwidth throttles, like it's, it's not as good during the, the feed, what does it do? And so it lowers the quality to, to um, deal with that, to still get a picture out. And with Lyrics, I've seen, I think we've seen a lot of where it gets gets so pixelated that you can't see anything, and it can stay like that for, you know, a, a while. And while this app did that too, I, I think however it handles, I mean, it was either because the cell signal is better or just how it handles things. It, it might just be there. It's going through SRT, and it's using, I was using the HEVC for the, the, audio, the video codec. But I was putting in uh, 3,000 for the bitrate, and that's because um, we were getting such good cell signal. That could have went higher. I think their max is four. 
Um, but we were doing 1080p. So that was really cool. And so we went in 1080p with, with 3000 bit rate. And it was coming through really well. And honestly, I was seeing like no pixelation. Because I feel like with Lyrics, even at times, even when there's signals good, it still can get get pixelated here and there. But with this one, I mean, it's hard to say since I didn't get to test out a venue with really poor cell signal. But it it stayed it stayed really good, I think. Uh, I definitely noticed the difference. Now, there were times, out, especially out in the woods, where it would get pixelated, but we still got a lot of shots from the woods. A lot of shots. Um, when it did get pixelated, it didn't... I don't know. It didn't do some of the weird stuff that we've seen with lyrics. Like, the video would just get pixelated and kind of, like stop more so than the all those weird jumbles mess that we've seen before but whenever uh, the camera was, was still and this is one thing that's just kind of general how things work when the cameras are still the video was great I thought it looked fantastic possibly some of the best quality footage we've had but when you start moving and you think about all those blades of grass and all those leaves on the tree, like all the stuff that's on screen that moves has to, you know, basically every pixel has to get regenerated as opposed to like when there's a lot of sky or a, a single colored background. And if the camera moves, the, the, you know, only the person, only where the person is, the pixels are, are changing. But in a race like this, especially going through the woods where you don't even get sky, every single pixel is constantly changing. So it does cause the it, it causes the need for more bandwidth. So I did notice that whenever they were running and moving a lot, uh, it it would pixelate more. But even then, I I think you know for without using any cell bonding technology with this, uh, it was it was great. Uh, I was very, very pleased. I'm very excited to continue to use it and, and uh, talk to them and, and work with them to help, uh, you know, make the platform even better. Um, the only... The only downfall it had, I think, and this is just something I need to test and see why it happened, but it was the, um, the audio got out of sync on at least one or one or two of the cameras. I'm not, it's really hard to tell. Like, it seemed like it was good at first because the cameras, we were watching, you know, the MC give the start line rules and stuff. And then, and that was, that was together. And then all of a sudden when it was time to race and he started saying three, two, one, uh, that was way off. The, the, the countdown was way behind like like th three to four seconds so that was i don't know what was going on there and i think i noticed it later so it, it's hard to tell like if it was a particular person's camera or if it was the whole system but i noticed during the chains when they were doing yank my chain uh whenever they dropped it you could tell because you know you hear that big clank of all the chains um, 
So that, that was uh, that was interesting. Not really sure exactly why, but something that I gotta gotta look into. Because um, that could have been the computer, the platform. I don't know. Um, but that's uh, that platform rivet. It's it's cool because some platforms you have to send your video feed to them and like like live view live view is one of the big platforms for live streaming and and whenever uh, they have a lot of good cell bonding technology and a lot of a lot of a lot of big live streams are using that kind of stuff uh, it's not cheap at all but great technology um, but on theirs, when you send the video feed to them, it goes straight to them, and then you have to, uh, you can see the video there, and then you have to tell it an output where to go. This one is a little different with Rivet. It, it, it's interesting because instead of, like, having an, an ingest on the website and then and then telling it where to go from there, it you're, you're just inputting, you know, you're, you're creating the stream, but you're just inputting where it's going to go, and that's it. So I'm not sure how it does it. I, I honestly just don't don't know yet. Like I'm very curious to find out how their platform works because you just input, you know, it's going to this IP, then that's it. But yet on the website, you can still see that it's live. You can actually see analytics showing how you know how much bandwidth it's using and all that kind of stuff, and what the what the delay is and and the buffer rates and just everything. It's really cool. Um, and you, you can turn on and off the uh, the return video. Um, just lots of lots of neat settings in there, and 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 pretty simple, pretty simple platform. So very very pleased with that. Very pleased with how that platform went and and how it performed and and all that good stuff. Looking forward to continuing to try that. Uh, if Larix ever gets their stuff together, I'll definitely consider going back to them. Um, as far as their licensing goes, but honestly, I don't know. I, I, it's kind of hard to feel like we need to step away from this platform. This platform does have a cost to it. There, there's a, um, they have like two different tiers. Um, we may be able to use the lower tier, but you don't get the analytics. But I didn't use them a ton, so I may not need it. Uh, like it's nice to see for testing purposes, but then the show, I, I honestly didn't even have a chance to. To look and see uh, what the analytics were looking like. So that's good. Lots of good stuff. Uh, two things, you know, things that you shouldn't do is use. It's like it's like running shoes. You're not supposed to use you know brand new running shoes uh, in a race. Um, but uh, let's see. Yeah, same thing here. You shouldn't. You really shouldn't use a new platform that's untested in uh, in a production. And I did some tests with it, but I didn't do a test with live streaming while having uh, seven cameras. Seven cameras. No, no, five. I had five cameras going through that platform. So we had the five rabbits. We had the two Savage employees, Jessica and Rachel. And then we had three uh, rabbits, uh, uh, volunteer rabbits, which is the first time we've had three from uh, from Savage. At a savage race, which is awesome, and they they did awesome. 
um, James and Shan and and Corey. They they really did amazing. Um, so we had those three cameras, but then I also had the two Mevo cameras on two obstacles. So they were on give and take and on um, Colossus looking down the slide, which let me know, you know, which, what you think about that, that shot. I thought it was cool, but, uh, you know, some people may have thought it looked stupid, but it was funny because, uh, Rachel told me that she thought a rabbit had gotten up there because she saw the feed later and saw that I cut from that shot going down the slide to a rabbit that was down at the bottom. And so she didn't realize, or maybe that was Jessica, but she didn't realize that there was a camera up there at first. Um, so I had those two cameras and now cool thing about those, those Mevo cameras, they recently changed or not changed, but added a feature to where you can use SRT because they used to only be able to use RTMP. And as far as I know, RTMP is just an, an older protocol and SRT is, is newer, able to handle bandwidth better and that kind of stuff and they also had um oh so you also have to start the connection and and tell it to uh you know st start sending video to this rtmp address with srt it's really cool because you can start it, or, or really, you don't even start it. You just put it in SRT mode, and then it's just, if it's got cell signal, it's constantly trying to send the video. So, I can go set them up, and I don't have to worry about if they lose connection, will they reconnect? Because they're just constantly trying to, to send a video. So, that worked out really well. I was able to go set them up uh, early, put them, on the, put them on the obstacles, and just just let them set. And they connected into vMix perfectly. And I think their video feed never got, never stopped. Never got bad looking. Uh, I think it was perfect. So that was very exciting. Very excited to continue to use that. I know in, in Palm Beach we used them, and but there were times where the video feed actually one dropped, so I, I couldn't go reset it during the, the race. And then the other one uh, would stop at times. They don't get pixelated, they just stop. And you just don't get anything from them. So that was really awesome. <clears throat> so, hoping to get more Mevo cameras, because they work really well. Uh, we do have to get hotspots for them, because they've got to connect to the internet. Which is great, though, because the hotspots... Uh, you know, they're, they're, as long as cell signal is decent, um, which we use some of those even out in, um, um, world's toughest where the cell signal is pretty, pretty bad. I mean, I had to find spots where it would connect, but now with this whole SRT thing, they'll, they'll just continue sending feed and it's, it's like, you can just check and see if you're getting the feed or not and you just move on. You don't have to try and connect every time. Um, so hopefully to get more of those. Uh, more of those hotspots to uh, connect to, and um, yeah, those things are awesome. I also stopped well, a while back. Stopped 
traveling with um, big heavy stands for those and just got a clamp <clears throat> got clamps that I can just and this is thanks to Will Raymond for letting me borrow his clamps at um, OCRWC and that's that's why I started using them because I can just go st stick them on an obstacle and just clamp them to anything really um, so pretty awesome there too I think as far as producing goes, I definitely made, you know, mistakes. Like there's little things like uh, towards the very beginning, I think I switched. Oh, yeah. Like right after we were showing the map. There's an issue with the map, too. When I'm trying to jump around on the map. Um, it's supposed to go from one thing to another. And it's like whenever I'm connected to the computer, like when I'm on like, the com production computer, it does it just right. But whenever I'm doing it through a remote, set up it uh i have to like double tap the button i don't know it's very odd so when we if you notice when the map was up at towards the beginning it was kind of jumping around being being weird so there's that and accidentally hit the button to show the map at one point during the not during the race but during the intro uh, um and when i switched from the map that first time and and switch to the cameras out in the field. I accidentally switched to one that was currently off, but it was a still it, it was still showing a still shot of me. So you could, if you I don't know if you might notice, but it's like me like pointing or something just for a split second. Um, and then just in general switching. Obviously, there was the whole thing where I shut the whole feed down and uh, and, and made that mistake. Um, oh. But then we did interviews at the end. So that was kind of cool. Now, I do need to figure out the best way to still have my uh, my audio going to or be able to hear the, the commentators and, and listen in. Uh, the headphones I was using work, work great. I passed those over to the, uh, the, the interviewee. But then at that point, I wasn't able to hear anything. So I need some way to be able to continue to hear or have a separate... A separate headset, uh, which is tricky. Connecting two headsets to a computer is, is tricky. And now I, I did that for uh, World's Toughest Mutter, so I may have to try that again to where I can have... Um, it's, a, it's a program that basically pulls in all the, uh, the, the microphones and headphones, and then you can kind of dish them out, tell them what they're, what they're supposed to be hearing and what they shouldn't be hearing. So it's like you can, you know, you tell one headphone set, like you hear all the other commentators, but you don't hear yourself, like that kind of stuff. Um, so I need to do something with that for those on-site interviews because it worked really well. Now, the on-site interviews definitely went a little long. It's like, at that point, it really should just be a, a post-race show, I think. Uh, almost like, let's go over the results and then get into interviews i guess and then they can go on as long as you as long as you like but you know if you got any feedback on that let me know what you think uh you know it'd be cool to let the athletes roll through and just have a few questions you know this is kind of what you see it like f1 and stuff like they they ask them i don't know two to three questions and they give fairly short answers and then that's it uh but they can they can talk to more people that way but, you know, Miles and I still need to listen to it to hear how, how the interviews actually went. But Miles and Miranda asked and, and talked for a while. Miles can talk for forever. So uh, I actually 
was telling the the interviewers, I was like, uh, the interviewees, I was like, we gotta get, we get, we'll, we'll switch you out, but we gotta get Miles to shut up first, so <laughs> so we can uh, get get the next person on. Um, and then at that point, I couldn't I couldn't talk to him without being on air um, to to be able to tell him, hey, let's wrap it up so we can get the next person. So that's something I need to work on and figure out as well. But I was very pleased that we had the, got to have those people in there. I had the, the camera, and they were able to just come sit down, put on the headset, and and, and talk. And and the audio was a little louder than the commentators, but I thought it was clear. Like for having music out there, it sounded really good because that you know I was in the festival area, so that it was blaring the um, blaring the music just. At, and just like regular music, which I was worried about that getting picked up because it was just normal, like stuff that would normally get flagged on YouTube. But it didn't. I don't think it did. Like I, I did jump ahead to, to watch um, just to see how it sounded, see what the audio levels were like. And uh, I was very pleased with how that headset, the uh, noise cancellation was, was uh, blocking out all the background noise. Which is funny because whenever I was doing some testing, um, the day before with Miles and Miranda, they said they could hear a lot of background noise. And what they meant was that they could hear people that were like 10 feet from me. So it's funny how it picks up, how it blocks out, you know, voice. Like there's, there's the range of audio waves, you know, the Hertz or whatever, uh, that, it, that it cancels out. So it's pretty wild how that works. But, the interviews, I think, went well. Like, everybody seemed like they were excited to do that. Uh, got to hear from Ryan Kempson and Ian and Logan. They were like Logan and, and Ian. Uh, Logan poking his face in while Ian was doing his interview. And uh, them trying to talk at the same time was awesome. And then Logan got some of his own time and then... We got to hear from uh, Chris and Alex and, uh, and and Casey Monroe. Casey, you know, getting her first, second place there, which is really awesome. Um, and getting to hear about Alex's race, because obviously Alex was killing it until the until the rig. And uh, and, then, and then Jamie. We got, so we got the top four women and um, um, three of the top five men, I think. Um that way we were set up was nice because I could, you know, I was, I could see the finish line from where I was. So I actually told Ryan and maybe even Ian before the race that if they wanted to come over that, you know, we could get them, interview them. But after the race was over, I was able to just run over there and tell people that, that didn't know about it. So I was able to get Alex and Chris and all the rest of them and say, Hey, would you like to come interview we got, you'll be able to hear the commentators and, and talk to them. And, and they were, everybody was into it. So that was very, very cool. I, uh, I hope, uh, that the, that the athletes are into that. So I hope to get some feedback from them on that as well. Um, Ian, uh, Hosek, you know, he's doing, I'll, I'll put this out there part, partly for them. Ian Hosek is working with US OCR. And we actually chatted not too long ago because he's got he had he wanted to share some feedback on the uh, live streams and some ideas and stuff. And so we talked and he got to share with us that 
U.S. OCR is not affiliated with World OCR. And we thought it was. And this whole time, uh, I think World OCR is kind of getting getting a bad rep because of the way people feel about some of the people in that organization and how many races they've tried to put on and they get canceled and lots of little weird reasons. Uh, but US OCR that Ian is part of, Ian Ian Hosick, not Ian K. Whatever the guy's name with uh, the one that is with World OCR. So US OCR is really trying to do some awesome stuff for for the athletes and like help help make it a a, a legit uh, um, governing body as uh, sports tend to have, and uh, so that, that's exciting. That's exciting to hear that they're doing you know they're 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 athletes and they're they're people with passion uh, working towards this, and so. If you haven't, go check out the US OCR website and you can register for free to be uh, a member or whatever. I know, you know, some of that's happened in the past with different other platforms and they've even had paid memberships that really didn't really give anything or weren't able to. But um, so it's free to register right now. And I think it, it'll help show interest and, and, you know, make them know they're they're doing good stuff. So go check that out over there. And I think that's it. I'm almost to the airport, and I think I've run out of things to talk about. So thanks so so much for listening. If you watch the the YouTube feed uh, and you got any feedback, send me an email, Jason at theocrreport.com. Go subscribe on YouTube and. Follow us on Facebook, and if you want to help us continue to make this happen, go to patreon.com slash the OCR report and, um, and, and subscribe or become a member. Become a member there and, uh, you know, get all the perks that go along with that. Um, you know, so many people are, are, are given to that, and, you know, we've got private communities and stuff for communication and, and other little things like the shout out on the Instagram page. And uh, if you've got some feedback on what would make a good, uh, a good Patreon perk, you know, let us know. Anyways, I think I'm gonna stop there. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next week at, uh, DECA in the Carolinas, I believe. Um, so yeah, I'll see you then. Bye.